points of view and highs and lows a new perspective everywhere you go open up your mind drown out the noise and see if this connected and see if this connected What's up, fam? The mission of this connected podcast is to connect generations and situations about faith, life, and whatever comes along the way. To not necessarily agree, but be listened to. These conversations, of course, highlight the perspective of our various guests, and you are always welcome to agree or even disagree. But as always, we hope that it is done in charity. Now, here's your host, Catholic.Dad. We're back, fam. After a, a, a little break, um, it's been a little bit difficult to get together, but we are back because Tony and I um, are back. And for you guys who are watching this, you obviously see that we are not alone. But I, we just want to share with you that Tony and I have matching, well, not matching shirts. We got the uh, Catholic.Dad shirt, and Tony has the Power YM t-shirt going on over there. Number two, number three, and we know who number one is. Do we know number one is? Yeah, I think we know who Bethany. number one is. Bethany is number one. <laughs> and we have number four. That guy. Um, but on today's episode, we brought together with us two friends, Bethany and Alexis. Alexis is the youth minister over there at St. Our Lady of Guadalupe. St. Our Lady of Guadalupe in Chino. <laughs> Like Saint Mary, Saint Mary. I, I'm still right. That's Saint Mary, Our Lady of Guadalupe in Chino, California. Not to be confused with Chino Hills, California. <laughs> and he's joining start. us today. We're having a, a just a good time. Are we this recording? Is, just this is a good episode. We are, are recording. We, are we recording? Just want to confirm that. Yeah, because this is going to be hard to uh, redo because <laughs> we've done that before. But Many we are times. obviously, if you guys are watching this, we are not an original podcast studio, not the Disconnected Studios. We are being guested here at the Power YM Studios here in Tony's crib. Welcome to my crib. Welcome to his crib. Maybe later we'll give you guys a tour of nope. the crib. No. <laughs> Just his studio. So we are here with Bethany and Alexis from... Our Lady of Guadalupe, and and Bethany is from Our Lady of Assumption. Not to be meant, not to be, not to. I forgot what I was going to say, but she is the young adult minister at uh, Our Lady of Assumption in San Bernardino. And today, what we're going to be talking about is well, I don't know, but we are going to be talking about that. It's going to be one of those kind of episodes. Actually, we're going to talk about a little bit about transitions and ministry. We're going to be talking about things that's happening. Um, in Catholic world today uh, that's happening, such as popes and pets. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about synod and um, what uh, synodality is and maybe what the theme for this year is, because is, I have no idea, and maybe Alexis will give us a, an idea of what the theme for this year is for the church. And if we haven't yet, folks, we're going to give you our version of what we feel the theme for this year should be for the church. I know that some some dioceses have their own themes, but um, 
Yeah, that's going to be the show. Are we done yet? No. No. So, Catholic trivia. I just <clears throat> want to ask. This is a Catholic trivia question. Jesus, they answered all. True, but not this one. Okay. Okay. So, question for you guys. The one who answers first gets a prize. Jesus. Yeah. Who are the men in colorful costumes who have been responsible for the personal safety of the Pope since 1506? The Pope's Royal Guard. Close. No cigar. Stormtroopers. That's so cool. Can you imagine? Popes. No, No, that would be Darth Vader. (laughs) (laughs) Darth Father. Darth Father. Anyone? Anyone? The answer, my friends, is the Swiss Guard. That's what I said. Swiss Guard. Yeah, the Swiss Guards, those colorful costumes. And guess what? They're all from Switzerland. What if the Pope had, like, what, like, what, the little Willy Wonka? What are they? (laughs) Oh my god, that's gonna be the image for this, this podcast episode is the Swiss guards are actually Oompa Loompas. No, but they are, they are Swiss Catholics who were chosen and they're actually from, I believe, the Swiss military who take on uh, the role to defend the church. And I think. In 1506, they became the Swiss Guards because they're actually hired mercenaries at that time to protect the Pope. Because remember, the Vatican states, the people states, they were being attacked. So that's my little trivia for today. You guys look it up. Fact check me because it might be wrong. So, <laughs> What's the Pope Mobile called? The Pope Mobile. Is it? Anyone know? Didn't he it's use- bulletproof. Di- was it, is it? Mm-hmm. I thought he rode around in a Fiat. But anyways, the, the, the Pope used to ride around in a carriage, remember? He used to be carried around by people throughout Rome in a carriage, kind of, with his um, crown. I think the Popes don't wear that crown anymore. Uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, the Pope <clears throat> used to be carried around in a, in a carriage, in this big, huge, a litter, not a carriage, a litter. He rode around in a litter. His chair was on top. Really pompous. Uh, uh, I was just watching an episode of Boba Fett yesterday. Have you been watching? I have. I like the episode two far more than episode one. The reason, yeah, me too. But the reason why I remember that whole thing is every time that I see Boba Fett carried on a litter, <laughs> I'm like, the Pope got carried on a litter. So, so, so that's how you found Jesus in that that's- episode. That's how I found Jesus in that episode. That was the Jesus moment. Pope gets carried in the litter. So does Boba Fett's um, cousins. So, Are you fact-checking right now? He is fact-checking us. <laughs> so on this episode, we want to share with you, everyone here has, has been working in ministry or currently working in ministry. And one of the struggles in ministry, especially volunteer ministry, is that every two years you transition And then, for average ministries out there, the average youth minister lasts about three years. And then it's a transition for another um, minister. And and usually, that's usually sometimes when things kind of get a little wonky. You know, people don't know who the next minister is. How do they work? What is it they're going to do? What changes are there going to be? And so, today, we're just going to talk about 
how transitions is and what we think transitions should be. How do we effectively transition from one youth minister or one youth ministry coordinator to continue on the evangelization? And Alexis is here as our special guest to share with us some of his wisdoms and color commentate on what's been going on in the ministry world. So my question to you guys is, have you, um, from when you guys were were a teen and in ministry um, to the point where you guys are now the youth ministers, have you experienced a transition where, and how how was that transition? From one youth minister to the next. Alexis? Bethany? I'm actually not in that position (laughs) because we have a director over youth and young adult ministry and she's been the constant. Yeah. She's never had experience with that. But share share with us how that is. I mean, how is it the experience with with a constant director? And we know who that person is and we're going to throw that name out. It's Kathleen Australia. And how long has she been there? That's like... Oh wow! Decades. <laughs> yeah. Over ten years that she, you know, maybe twenty years. I think around twenty. Twenty years, and ministry's been successful. So there's something to say about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how about you guys, Tony? Ah, oh, boy. <laughs> uh well, I started youth ministry in my sophomore year. It was 2020, two thousand Yeah, two thousand ten. And um, I've went through four different transitions, I think. Um, I think the biggest thing that's been is difficult is because you hang on to the, tra- the, the hope that when you get a different minister that the ministry is going to stay the same. And I think that's an unrealistic ex- expectation because the reality is it's under new leadership with a new vision. And personally, I think transitions are healthy, just as similar to the priesthood. There's transitions Mm -hmm. there, right? There are established um, sections where uh, this priest is going to have this assignment for this amount of time, and then they're going to move on. And I think there's a good reason for that. I think there's different chapters. But to answer your question, it's been very difficult. It's been very messy transitions, and I think there's a lot of revolting um, against the minister, even on maybe in some cases unjustly, and uh, it's just like this. I think the root of it is like hanging on to. I want the ministry to stay the same and this way, and n- instead of working with the youth minister on this possibly new vision, they they hang on to this old vision that you know the the same minister's not going to have necessarily that's so true you know there there was a there's an example there's one time where I, I i saw this in a ministry where the the people who were in ministry were talking about the past as the golden the golden mm-hmm. years and they wanted to go back to the golden years and i felt so bad for that that new minister <laughs> who's like the, the all the people were like talking about oh, remember the golden years it's it's like it's so harsh to hear when you're trying so hard mm-hmm. to do something and change something and everyone's stuck in the the past and you can, you know you can reflect back on the past but you can't relive the past you just mm-hmm. have to move forward so how about how about you mm-hmm. Alexis Oof. I really don't know I mean <clears throat> when I first started youth ministry it was back in um 2000 
been a little bit past 2000. <laughs> <laughs> like 2000. <laughs> you know? And so, um, and I was actually going to the youth ministry. I related with Lupe in Ontario. And obviously, it's a Spanish-speaking community. And obviously, it's it was very not healthy, I want to say. It was more of a who can do better. It was always one up one up against each other, mm-hmm. you know, and and um and so youth ministry it was for me at that time it was in like what I hoped to bring to the young people during my uh, my term as youth minister. It was more of like we were always planning and planning and planning, but there was no sense of fruit coming out of that planning. And so obviously when I did youth ministry with our leader Guadalupe in Ontario, it was more about let's I, I got all the all the logistics down and everything of youth ministry. But we were never never able we were never successful in putting it into practice the plan that was created. So then when I started at youth, the youth ministry over here at Elite Guadalupe in, in Chino, um, obviously I brought pieces from that experience over to Chino. And right now, through the pandemic, I've been preparing a lot of our young people to take leadership because I told them that by the end of this year, I'll be stepping down. And so I'm giving them the tools that they need, but I told them, you don't need, you don't have to follow this. This is just the foundations that you guys are going to need for a successful youth ministry. Now, however you guys want to execute it, it's up to you guys. Because like I told them, I'm like, once I reach a certain year, I'm already old. I'm already um, like my ideas are no longer new. They're no longer fresh. And that's okay because we age out. We grow out of youth ministry. And that's just part of life. We were there to support the young people that we got entrusted during that time of our ministry years. And now it's time for someone new to refresh those ideas and hopefully they um they they get the experience with the next youth minister. So so you were speaking about some of the things, some of the barriers that you ran into um, at the other Our Lady of Guadalupe. So so what were some of those that that those barriers that um, kind of prevented success from happening? I think one of the main ones is the us as the people trying to plan. I think it was more of a competition rather than actually keeping an eye on what our mission and our visions are for the youth ministry. I think it was, we were our own biggest obstacle. And if you guys think that I talk a lot now, nowadays, Alexis back, Alexis back then, he was super quiet. He wouldn't speak out. He wouldn't, he wouldn't say anything. He would just go with the flow. But I realized that by staying quiet, it wasn't fruitful. Mm-hmm. And obviously people could have benefited from the youth ministry at Our Lady of Guadalupe in Ontario. But unfortunately, um, because I stayed quiet because of every, I was just taking in everything. I'm like, okay, this is not going to work in. So was it a singular <laughs> ministry? Was it a was it an issue with, with, with people's attitudes, former leaders, wannabe leaders, I, I people think, who didn't think that you should be the leader, I think someone else I should just, be the leader. I just think it had a little bit of everything. It had a little bit of everything. I can't just say it was one thing because, I mean, we all contributed in different ways. So that um, 
we didn't have enough people and then at the same time we ended up having like another group coming in and that also took part of like i felt like it was more of like a um like another youth ministry within the church but i mean yeah let's let's dive into that just a little bit yeah, because there there are some parishes mm-hmm. that have multiple youth ministries you know we could name some that have four youth ministries serving one community um, it could be, it could be because of, of a youth ministry that's attached to an adult ministry. It could be a youth ministry that is a cultural ministry, uh, and, it, and then there's the the one ministry that was there that becomes the catch-all for everyone else who's left behind or, or doesn't fit into that ministry. You know, is that what what we could say is the competition amongst those? Uh, where I've seen where where youth in who belong to a specific demographic would be uh, kind of incur- not say prevented but not encouraged <clears throat> by parents and and people in, in in certain demographics to not go to specific ministries because this is your ministry this is where you should go and I think that's sometimes um a barrier for unity within the church when you have so many and i i believe that there's room for diversity but i think when that diversity conflicts with unity i i don't think it's it's a healthy thing because then you have what you build is competition because we're better we do this or you guys don't do this well that's not our charism to do that and so how do you guys think that, one, before we go into transition from one leader to the next, how do we build bridges for those those parishes that have multiple uh, youth and young adult ministries? I mean, if it really feels like, you know when people are searching for friends and they tend to gravitate toward people that only agree with their views and think like them and that sort of thing? You get, you get a very... Um, you get a mentality that's only centered around that. And I, when you're talking about the divisions, I think that's what I've seen is like, well, I'm going to only choose this specific ministry in this community to actually actively be a part of um, this silo uh, because this is what connects to me the most. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, I think in some aspects I'm guilty of that as well. Um, but then that stops being the universal church, right? Um, so I think first off is obviously looking in your own heart. Do you tend to do that only be, because don't get me wrong. My point being is it's important that we are connecting with God, right? And however that looks like in our own individual spiritual um, formation, that's that's good. But also being open to going to other parishes. I know you've mentioned in the past, you go to different parishes, you also go to different ministries within your parish, mm-hmm. right? And you learn those communities, right? Because we are one universal church. So I think also kind of don't think of one ministry as that's the only thing, like, you know, I, I can't think of the word for that. Do I think you know it what grows I'm saying? so much more when, when one, you're welcomed, mm-hmm. regardless of, of your culture, your background, that you're welcome. I, I always I always envision, you know, when you go into a Catholic church, 
you know, that there's someone who welcomes you and says, mm-hmm. hey, we have this ministry, we have this ministry, we have this ministry, join us, join us. You don't usually get that at, at uh, Catholic um, parishes. Uh, they tell you, look at the bulletin, <clears throat> and then when you look at the bulletin, that's when you kind of like, well, who's the coordinator? Now I have to make a call. I don't know about you guys, but I don't mm-hmm. like making calls. And it's like, hi, um, can I be your friend? Right. It yeah, feels yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah just uh, There's no invitation. Mm-hmm. I think that's something we need to improve on. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to, to um, Protestant uh, faith uh, communities where they're literally trying to get you into a ministry. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, what, so what are you interested in? Fill out this form and we'll give you a call. And they do. They give you a call, you know, just feel embarrassed. So you put your number on there and then they're calling you. It's like, would you be part of the, the, the group to, to do hospitality? And it's like, no, I'm Catholic. <laughs> I was just there to listen to the cool music. <laughs> no, to be honest, I was there for a, a Christian comedian event. It was hilarious. Christian comedians are hilarious. But... Um, on that note, talk about hilarious. What do you guys think is the the most difficult thing about transition, and how do we transition well? Because I, I do believe that that as as Alexis said, there's this rotation of ministers, which is a positive, but is also a negative, because I don't think they transition well. I think one youth minister leaves and then leaves with all their toys and ideas and doesn't leave behind everything that happened because I do believe that there is something that needs to remain in that transition. Um, Something that's constant. Something that's constant because there are times where, you know, you go in and like, well, I didn't like that youth minister, so I'm going to just change everything. Well, the thing is, there's some youth who probably were very much into that minister and have that connection. So how do we transition there? Well, which perspective are we going from this? Are we, uh, are we looking at it from the perspective of the youth minister or from the perspective of the community and what actions they should do? It's mm, a good point. Because those are two different Let's stories. Tackle Let's tackle the point from the youth minister first. Get to know your community first and foremost before making anything drastic. Know where their hearts are, um, what they love, what they don't love. Because your job is a servant, right? You're the servant of the Lord, and God has entrusted you with this particular ministry. So what does this community want, and how can you serve them? You serve, be a server to them. But Tony, that doesn't fit my style, though. (laughs) What's that? What if that's the case? They don't know. They don't know? They don't know. They don't know what they want? They don't know what they want. This is what I'm going to do. Understand that you're a servant of the Lord. (laughs) No, but but in in a way, there are times when there aren't communities that, that are vocal about that where many a times they just want a place to drop off their kids babysit my kids for for a couple of hours and mm-hmm. you know get them to love god because i got things to do 
Yeah, but knowing your community doesn't necessarily mean having... Because, okay, especially when it comes to the youth ministry, some youth aren't connected to God, right? Because of what you just said. Those, the, it could be a youth group or youth ministry or confirmation, whatever, uh, of, of people that are just there because they're forced to be there. Let's say it's something like that, that kind of community. So you're not going to get feedback as far as how the ministry wants to be run, but you can get to know them of what their needs are spiritually, emotionally, physically, mm-hmm. mentally, right? And that's how you gauge your... It's it's about just having those conversations, entering in dialogue with the community. What That's going to look extremely different for every community. But taking that moment of <laughs> active listening... Oh, and then you you take that approach. That's not yet a segue, but good try. <laughs> and it wasn't supposed to be a segue. But I just wanted to throw that in. <laughs> Active listening. I, I like that point. How how about you, Alexis? That's a good question. I mean, when we're doing transitions, I think one of the things that that we need to keep in mind is that we're there tra- we're there temporarily. You know, and like we stated at the beginning, we know that as a youth minister, we're only supposed to be there for two to three years before the transition happens. So one thing that we need to keep in mind is that on on that last year, it's crucial to start praying over who is going to be your next youth minister and walk the walk with them. You know, show them what being a youth minister is all about. Show them, get them connected to the priest, get them connected to the community get them connected to every possible resource that they may need even if they decide to become the youth minister of the youth ministry. And it's like we always say, like, we're not the youth ministry. We're not. We're only there to serve the young people for that period of time. And we have to show them that we're not um, the person that they need to follow. That it's indeed Jesus Christ's presence mm-hmm. in life that, that they need to follow. Because in reality, if the, if the young people are following the youth minister, then the question becomes, did you put yourself as the center of their lives? Mm-hmm. Or did you not put Jesus as the center of their lives? And that's something that one of my visiting priests told, told me a few weeks back. He was like, if you're going to do ministry, you need to rem- you need to keep that in mind, that you're building them. You're helping them understand your, their faith. You're helping them um, get to know Jesus Christ um, live, you know. And and if you're and if you you know you have failed if they are deciding to follow you instead of following whatever the plan is in the long run. That's true. So um, so that's what I would do as a youth minister. I mean, I am a youth minister, and again, I'm I I'm considering leaving at the end of this year just because again my ideas have been outdated now it's time for the new generation generations um z to come along with the with their new crazy and wonderful ideas that they may have and again i just don't feel that vision anymore because again our our ideas worked when they worked but now it's time to invite others to come and take over um and continue to renew that vision one of those books that they always make us read in advanced personalization yeah. courses of renew the vision. Well, let me tell you, yeah, you're supposed to renew the vision because you can't do ministry like you're doing today. You can't use the same tools that you used 
five years ago today because yeah, it's brand new. I, I agree and disagree because I, I think there is wisdom and continuity. I think there is literally wisdom and continuity. I think what parishes then have done continuity is they moved from simply a youth minister to a director of ministry that encompasses having youth ministers under the guidance of a director that can have that opportunity to allow people to lead with great ideas because when you I my thing is are we moving into youth ministry to go in there for three years, share our three years and then get out and find some other ministry? I could see that in in like prayer groups and worship ministries where your transition is should be two years because your ideas and people de- depend on you to do everything. Because I've seen that in 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 worship ministries and family ministries where this couple is in charge of it and they're doing everything. And they get to the point where they're burnt out and people want new ideas and then you elect another group to be the leader. But there's something different about developing ministry because if you're constantly developing your three years and then the next person is developing their three years, then where is the growth is there the, the the newness is always there but there are some people who are choosing to make a career in ministry mm-hmm. there are people who are choosing you know what i am called to to serve young people and that's where my calling is and you know to say that okay well that's my calling but it's been three years, and now I have to move on. What do I do? Because I tell you, in doing ministry three years, it took three years just to get things rolling. Yeah. And then and then, by the time you get it rolling, you're like, I am so done. Because <laughs> it's like, this is exhausting. Because one, for volunteer youth ministers, there is nothing in it for you. There's no funds, nothing. You're literally doing it because... You feel called to do. And then you get paid ministers like you guys who actually have to work a second job or or make ends meet, you know, with 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 the 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 amount that the church pays you. And and we can go on in another episode on this and maybe we should, but my whole thing is if you if churches really want to keep youth and young adults vibrant in the community and in their faith, they need to truly invest in qualified youth ministers who will be there for a longer period because they can afford to. I think the transition of youth ministers to a short period of three years is because they can't make a living wage. But one of the things I want to add to that is if if they truly did want to invest in youth ministers, they should pay them a salary that is beyond the 40 hours. Because I don't know you guys who who know any youth minister who only worked 40 hours a week. Because there isn't. <laughs> if you are a youth minister out there and that's your job, I guarantee you, if you say, I only work 40 hours because I only get paid 40 hours... You're lying and you need to go to confession. Because <laughs> it doesn't happen. It's like, 
you're you're constantly working. I mean, it's like like teachers. Alexis, you're a teacher. <laughs> when you go home, you go to school forty hours. You go, you do your forty hour week. When you go home, do you correct papers? I don't. <laughs> Prove it. I I don't. I mean, I I'm that's what I'm very good at. One of my many gifts and talents. That when my I'm done with my job, I'm done with my job. But your creative mindset, my uh, yeah, my, yeah. my my <laughs> thoughts, and when your brain goes out there and you're like, this would be a good idea and good concept for me to do at school. You yep. start looking that up. You start writing it down. You don't say, you know what? I'm going to prevent my creative self, and I'm not even going to think about that. I'm not even going to take a pen so that I can do that. That's what my prep period is for. So you turn off everything? Literally don't think about anything? Yeah, I don't. Like, literally. Let's get another guest. All right. <laughs> Please I'm do. just kidding. <laughs> wow. I, I do have an original point that you made. Was, I mean, you look at our deposit of faith we have sacred um scripture and sacred tradition right you know if we're talking about this idea of because you both mentioned opposing uh thoughts and that is you know you know it's either wiping the slate clean when a transition happens and then sometimes that's needed and sometimes that's needed but then there's also that root There's also that root of like maybe having some sort of tradition where people are, we're, 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 we're faithful of tradition as well. And there could be some sort of traditions as well in ministries to help you remember, oh yeah, you know, this is the ministry, this is its roots, this is its history, and this is something that we do. You know, like for example, just I love the, the cross that you guys have at St. Mary's, there's like the signature. You can look back on that and see history. You can see people that were formerly there and that sort of thing. And that's something that represents like, oh, okay, this is where we were and this is where we are now. It's something to look back in within the ministry. There might be things that change within transitions and that sort of thing, but there is that one thing that we can look back and say, this is where our ministry was and where it is now. I think something constant like that is always a beautiful thing. Because that's going to, hopefully, going to outlive ministers, youth ministers. Yeah, we, we have to apologize. If you didn't see your name on that cross, it probably got cut off. That cross was two feet taller one time, but every every three years, the bottom two feet rot. And so. You are just chopping that thing down. It's, it's literally short. It's two feet shorter now. It's, My point still stands. It's like, they're not important. Chop. So, you should have signed your name higher <laughs> but but true true point that was the purpose of that was was something to look back on when when you are a young adult and you've moved on when you go back to the church and you bring your own kids you can tell your kids hey my name is still on here it's a feeling of i still belong here i belonged here and maybe one day my kids will also be here uh, because i was part of this the bishop's name is on there we had him sign it. Hi. Uh, His name's still there, right? Yeah. I hope so. Your name's still there. <laughs> I'm and it's, uh, you know, we have, they probably need to respray paint it <coughs> to let it glow. Yeah. Because they used to glow. I think that if we continue to archive things like that, I think that's what also carries that value of those youth ministry years, you know? Because, for example, we're... Our youth ministry is our, we're the moving mountains, we're the M&Ms, mm-hmm. you know? 
So I at, love that so name. So at way. every single uh, meeting that we have, we're giving the fun sized little packets of M and M's, and they're gonna remember that because that is something that the original um, committee put together, and and I think that was such a great idea. And when we table outside, well, when there was no pandemic, we would put a bowl of M and M's, and people would just take them, and then in the bag we would put our 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 Bible verse. About mm-hmm. the mustard seed, yeah. because we're also founded. We the the creators of the youth ministry were like, well, we want to be founded under that Bible verse of the mustard seed, and so we have it there and everything. And so, um, and people remember, they're like, oh, do you have any any more M and M's? And we're just like, um, we forgot to purchase them, but next time we're here, we will for sure have M and M's for you guys. Moving mountains <laughs> ministry, Our Lady of Guadalupe. All right, so in transition to that, um, popes and pets. Wait, I had one more question okay, on that. Go ahead. Because we did the perspective of oh yeah the 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 youth minister. What's the perspective of the community? How do they receive this new minister that comes in? Anyone? I think at first they're gonna be like, "Who the heck are you?" I think that's always been. Is, is that a good thing? Is that normal? I think it's a normal thing, you know to to experience because now it's that idea of can I trust you with my kids you know am I sure that you're going to be teaching them the deposit of faith the best way that you can or is this just going to be a let's hang out kind of thing and and no there's nothing fruitful coming out of it but like I always but when I came in into youth ministry I make sure that I told my parents you know and the, the comments that I'm saying is something that at times were brought up to my attention, you know, because I don't know. Again, I, I joined Our Lady of Guadalupe in Chino in 2000. Um, this is my fourth year in that pair, so I'm brand new still. And um, and before they were like, yeah, well, this is how it used to be, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, we got to be open minded. We need to be like, OK, like if you don't like something, then come and join us. Be a part of it. Your young person is not the only one that's supposed to be a part of our youth ministry. The parents, yep. parent involvement is super important because without the parents, we don't have the young people. And without the young people, we don't have a youth ministry. So it's like we have to also evangelize and catechize our parents to ensure that they're going to be trusting us of their young people when we do ministry. True. Now, when you leave, if you leave, are you going to leave the church? Is that still gonna be your parish? You're gonna move parish? No, I'm probably gonna stay there. I mean, there's there's a lot there's a lot of work like in every single parish. There's a lot of work to be done. Cause I um, cause I think that's that's the difficulty with some communities where the youth minister changes, and that youth minister is still there. <laughs> and if that youth minister had developed really great relationships with parents, it's like that transition should be for that former youth minister to work with those parents to switch gears and support the new minister. And so that old minister should be supporting and pushing that way Correct. and diverting. Are you saying we're not supposed to talk bad about the new minister? Oh, you talk bad about the new minister. Oh, okay. That bad, like Michael Jackson bad? Oh, yeah, yeah, like bad. Like, yeah. like they're he's awesome. Bad. They're he's bad. bad. You yeah. know it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're so singing. <laughs> Should we do a duet? Oh, no. Ave Maria. So, Bethany, another news. Gracias. 
singing at the wedding. You know, the other thing is, I don't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> that was such a weird transition. <laughs> but yeah, it, it is difficult. You know, parents uh, and the community can be a serious barrier sometimes because they do. They expect, they expect the same thing because they're used to it, I think. You know, because I went through four, like I said, four transitions of ministers in just the youth ministry. Um, growing up and that was from as a teen to like a core team member and the thing the first question I always ask is who is this person right so I think uh, a good idea is to just be completely honest as as the perspective from the minister just be honest of who you are a little bit of your background you don't have to like put all your eggs in one back basket and overshare but like they want to know who this person is and that's the only way an understanding could be met, right? You, I'm being vulnerable with yeah. you. You know, let's 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 enter in this dialogue by, uh, you know, being open. Yeah, I met I met a person, uh, a youth minister at a national conference for youth ministers, um, who stated one of the ways that she did that is that she would hold meet and greets, uh, gatherings where mm-hmm. uh, it was like open house, and she would serve them. Uh, you know, snacks, and she was there to answer any questions. It's kind of like your take on tabling, but it was actually a youth night um, where only the parents were invited to meet and greet the new youth minister, and that's how she was able to develop that relationship and kind of take away some of the concerns that parents may have. Uh, I would be so intimidated to do that. <laughs> no, but, but you know what? I think that's important. I mean, if you're gonna have, a, if you want a that's smooth, scary. if you want a smooth transition, I think that's necessary. You know, like that's what I like. I said earlier, it's like I'm, if I know that I, I, I know that. I, I mean, three years. I'm almost done. You know, it's, this is my it's last been three year. Years. Yeah, this is my last year. You know, it's, it's like I know for a you're fact old. that old. He's old. You're old. Where's your gray hair? You're Bethany. old. I need you to get your man. <laughs> Anywho, so as I was saying before I got interrupted by Toby, <laughs> is that um, it's important to have those transitions, you know? Like, I know for, I mean, if I know that I'm gonna leave pretty soon, um, or unless Father Ed, like, takes me, so shout out to Father Ed, hopefully you say, no, don't leave yet. <laughs> but, anyways, that's another story. But, um, but it's like have those opportunities to have those greet and meets, you know, have those moments with the community and be like, hey, you know what? I'm soon to be called to another duty here in the church. Here's the person that's going to be taking over um, youth ministry, you know, and hopefully just, I mean, feed them candy, feed them food, pizza, pizza, let, let them be, let do a youth night. That you like just the way that you would do with the young people with the parents so that they can see the contents of the things that we do in youth ministry. Yeah, that's always a good thing. Solutions to transitions? I think, uh, like Alexa said, I think it's very important that the previous person, if there is an opportunity for them to meet still, and then uh, what I've seen in the past is the older, the, the youth ministry, the, the youth minister that's leaving actually presents the new one to the community, whether that be a youth night or whatever the gathering is, like, please support this person. And I think it's important because 
I don't know if it's, I don't know if this has happened still in Gen Z's ministries, but I know in mine, it was very rival based. It's like, you're not my youth ministry. You didn't have the same ideas, the same gifts, the talents, the charisma, whatever the thing is. Um, so I'm going to revolt. Mm-hmm. And that's from the leadership down to the teens. And and right for a co- going back to the five dysfunctions of a team, we need a cohesive team to go on. You need to build trust with one another, enter in that dialogue in order for you to be open to have conflict and, and constructive criticism mm-hmm. to ultimately have a healthy team. I think it, it all stems from that, that being willing to have that trust with one another. And develop that relationship without going youth minister. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the foregoing... Youth ministers should leave their phone number and say, mm-hmm. if you have any questions, give mm-hmm. me a call. Right, because there are the... things that you can't orient someone to. Like, mm-hmm. you could literally forget to tell them that, you know, this this parent is <laughs> this, and this parent is this. And this youth expects things like this, and you shouldn't allow them to do that. Uh, or the Wi-Fi passwords kept in <laughs> kept in that file. Yeah, it's like I have this red file. It's like, don't be shocked. Um, so. What? I, I think another thing for transitions is that, and this is, and and this I'm, I'm calling out um, Edgardo on this. Edgardo from the Office of Ministry with Young Catholics. Just like we do well with the um, with the formation component of youth ministry, I think this is something that. Um, maybe they can develop as some sort of programming um, of transitioning new um, old youth ministers into the new youth minister and um, see what what are good what things we should do as we transition out do and to notes. ensure and yeah and to ensure that the next youth minister is going to be successful because mm-hmm. I mean we all have been the new person in youth ministry youth ministers you know and you're like okay. Are these ideas going to work? Are they not going to work? Who has done this? Who has not done this? Things like that. So I think having an opportunity for the Ministry of Young Catholics to develop some sort of a, like some sort of a curriculum to be like, this is how it should. Yeah. Or even, or even contacts, Mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, I I always look at that and I always ask like, what are your nearest communities? Which, what is your nearest Mm -hmm. parish? And who is the youth minister there? And what is their phone number? And what are their hours? And when are their youth nights? So that you can develop relationships with them because probably you share the same youth because they're coming from the same high schools, except for this guy. He only has one high school. But, but, you know, those are one of the things. For a, a, a youth minister who's transitioning out, leave the contact information. And also, aside from introducing them to to your community, introduce them to the community of youth ministers because there's mm-hmm. nothing uh, more intimidating than walking into a room of youth ministers and like, I'm the new one, and they all seem to know each other. Yeah. And they're all talking to each other, and they're not talking to me. So, And you're feeling like the person out. Mm-hmm. And again, as every single youth minister out there, I believe, is that one youth who goes to youth ministry as the new person who does not know who to go to. And good youth ministries have great relational ministry where a person will come to that person and welcomes them. We need to be better as youth ministers to be able to do that, 
for incoming youth ministers for introduction and making them a part of the community. Not just the community that you serve, but the community of ministers within your uh, your area, your community of, of faithful in the diocese. Yeah, my my supervisor, when I first came in, he scheduled a meeting. He did it without me knowing. He scheduled a meeting with the Office of Ministry with Young Catholics, with Bernice and Edgardo, mm-hmm. and they actually kept, they came and met with me so that I started to feel supportive. And then they introduced me to the youth ministers at the diocesan uh, meetings. And like that felt so great looking back, you know, having that support. You know what I will say though, for any youth minister or any minister that comes into a ministry, this like brand new, take a deep breath when you inevitably hear, we used to do it like this. We used to do it like that. It used to be like this. This is how we did it. Because you're going to hear that all the time. All the time. All the time. Or... Take a deep breath. What? Or, how come you're doing it that way? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But those are the expectations. And, you know, if it was easy, then everyone would be doing it. But everyone should be doing it. Because eventually it is easy. So can we transition to my one thing that I really wanted to talk about? Yeah, I don't know what the easy thing, though. It's never easy, but continue. Yeah, continue. yeah. Popes and Pets. <laughs> I love that topic. Popes and Pets and Children. So so the Pope this week just dropped an A-bomb, an atom bomb on the world and said in his comment that those who choose to have pets... And forego children are selfish. Thoughts? May I have the exact quote? I'd have to look it up, but Alexis is looking it up. Sure. But it was in Latin. (laughs) (laughs) Or Italian, so I'll try to find the Italian one. (laughs) We'll we'll make sure to post it and the link. (laughs) But that that caught me, you know, it's kind of like... It's kind of like that question that everybody asks, you know, and becomes a, an issue is, do pets, will my dog go to heaven? Uh, and I believe, you know, we had talked about that a long, long time ago. Yeah, Father Mike they Schmitz. <laughs> Father Mike Schmidt said that, you know, if, if you need your dog to be in heaven to make you happy, then you're not ready for heaven. Right. You need, you definitely need a long time in purgatory. You need that purged, that attachment purged out of you. See, folks, that that didn't come from the you're going to hell youth minister. That's coming from the power one. Yeah. So you know it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this side of the podcast is having much more fun than this. I think we had a couple of um, beverages before this. That's because uh, of the you, shirts. Oh, yes. that's yeah. Do you think there's trees in heaven? Oh my gosh. And she speaks. <laughs> Bethany, do you think there are trees in heaven? Okay. So this is my opinion, and you can hate on me if you want. Um, my thing is, when God created the earth, right, there were beautiful trees. He created this paradise, right? And he was supposed to dwell amongst us. 
So if that was what heaven, right? It was supposed to be heaven, right? Um, so if that's how he created heaven here, then why wouldn't it be in heaven, heaven? So mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like God, right? All of like the good things here are a taste of heaven. So mm-hmm. why wouldn't they also be there? I don't know. But I'm very excited to find out. You know, they say the home is where the heart is. Heaven is where God is. Doesn't mention trees. Well, we'll see who dies first. (laughs) And then then you, if I die first, I'll come back and say, Tony, there are trees. And then you, vice versa. (laughs) It's, it's. Definitely become a, a really uh, discussion point um, that uh, people are, are talking about it. That that Pope Francis called people selfish because you know they're refusing to because they're they're choosing to have pets rather than children. And I remember one of the comments I said, "Well, there are people. It depends on what you're saying because there are people who can't have children." But then he also said, "Adopt." Did he say adopt? I don't know. But uh, I, well, in the book of Genesis, it says, um, "Be fruitful and adopt dogs." What? Oh. Uh, <laughs> chapter and verse, please. <laughs> this is what it says. This is from Catholic News Agency. The other day, I was talking about the demographic winter that we have today. Many couples do not have children because they do not want to, or they have just one but they have two dogs, two cats, Pope Francis said at his general audience on January 5th. And then the quote continues. Yes, dogs and cats take the place of children. Yes, it's funny, I understand, but it is the reality. And this denial of fatherhood and motherhood diminishes us, takes us away, takes away humanity. And then um, the article continues and states, speaking in the Vatican's Paul Sixth Hall, The Pope said that with this quote-unquote selfishness on the part of some couples, quote-unquote civilization becomes older as the richness of fatherhood and motherhood is lost. So it looks like he's not really talking about couples who cannot have children. It's like the blatant deny, like refusal to have children. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we were talking about this, Tony and I, and uh well not this particular topic but when you are married in the church you're promising to have children being open to life exactly and so if it's a blatant refusal and you said and you're married in the church then you essentially lied and you're saying no instead i'd rather have um dogs and cats or a pet and uh it makes your marriage invalid so to play devil's advocate. So what do you say about people that do NFP and they're like, oh, well, we're going to, you know, have sex at these certain times of the month because we know, you know, scientifically we won't get pregnant. Is that the same of like not like re- rejecting babies? Oh, wait, I thought you said P- at PMFP. I'm like... <laughs> That's what I heard. Did I say? You said NFB. You said, said, okay. Because I I, I had this look in my face. I took that class. (laughs) But we weren't doing that. (laughs) 
NFP. No, I, I think when you're using NFP, you're not being selfish. I think. I think. And that's why? What well, I think that's what we're called to do. Is you can regulate the time of fruitfulness, and, and you can regulate the time that says, "Hey, you know what? Uh, I, I, you know, there's, there's, that's, that's what I call there's chastity in marriage, you know, and you can choose when to. I mean, if you if you had a husband who says, you know, I want to have six hundred kids, and the wife is like, uh, no. And, and why would that extreme example be wrong? Because there's a discernment process. Can you financially? take care of these children can you can you actually give them the attention that children need you know these are all aspects that we also need to take into account i think pope was talking about um this whole idea of one child well maybe your family dynamic require maybe you're called to give more children you're denying a call that god has given you i think so i think you know i I give example of my my grandparents and this was in the 20s and 30s Um, my grandparents only had three children because mm-hmm. they wanted to make sure that they were going to be able to provide and afford to educate um, uh, their children. Um, because there was this thing when the Americans came, education was the route out of poverty. And they won. And my grandfather was a person who was a subsistence farmer. He only had three children. And they went, you know, without having, you know, sex because that was important for them. Um, and then you had their children, who had my, my uncle, who had I think like eleven kids, and my mother, who had nine children. They still wanted to be able to provide, but they also were very open to life. But it's amazing how they did that because my mother literally had children every two years, not every year, every two years, because she was open to life. She wanted a large family. So I don't think the selfishness is afforded to, to in that sense because you can regulate the time because of what you what when you need. You're open. I mean, give, God gives you the free will um, to do that, but still be open. I'm not closing the doors on it. I'm not saying you know what I'm never going to have it. And I know people who says nope, I'm never going to have children. I like my pets, and you know I, I some people say I I can't do the responsibility of having children. And there's even people who says, you know, I don't want to bring pe- bring more people to this disgusting world. And I'm like, you know, your child could be the one who does not make this world as disgusting. That could be an excuse for every generation. That's true. But it is quite terrifying, I have to be honest. I mean, now that we're in the, well, you know, we're preparing to receive the sacrament of marriage. We are? <laughs> Newsflash. So guys, I love, I love that I, joke. I am so sorry. We're going to continue. So We're going to do a part two of this episode because um, my excuse always is... Um, I'm hungry. Oh. And I, and I got to go pee. But this topic <laughs> is an ongoing one. We're going to continue this episode. I'm sorry to cut off this episode because this is going to take us to a two-hour episode because this is a rich and fruitful episode. So if you guys like what we're talking about send us a dm questions comments your comments that we can share even call us on or send us a, a an audio message and we'll play it and we'll answer it on this next episode when we continue an episode on popes and pets on and also continuation on what this year 
the name, the theme for this year will be... I found it. What? I found it. You found it? Find out next. Find out next time when Alexis comes on and tells you. Yeah. Three years from now. <laughs> or what the theme for this year will be. But on that note, I think it's important to say that definitely we need to continue this discussion of popes and pets and children because and we're going to include this because we're going to add that to our next episode, which includes pro-life. Like that segue. So, until next time, fam. What are we supposed to say as we end? Live a life of holiness. And be blessed. And be prayed. We'll be praying for you. And Please pray for us. And be blessed. And be we thank our sponsors. You, you, we, Catholic Beard Bomb. Yeah. We also do thank our... our um, we do have a couple of Patreons. Of patrons on our Patreon. Uh, thank you for supporting us. Uh, supporting uh, the podcast. If you would like to be a patron... On um, to this podcast to help us uh, continue to process content, please go on to our bios and look at our Patreon. Be a patron, and you'll get some free goodies. Hey, Matt. Yeah. Thank you. If you have any comments, complaints about Lexus, um, send it to him. If you have any good comments about us, then go to catholic.dad50 gmail.com. So why 50? Are you really 50? I am 50. It's the Jubilee year. So on that note, before Alexa starts talking. <laughs> wow. Take care, everyone. Fake. We love you. God bless. <laughs> Bye. Until next time. Adios. Ciao. It's never ended like that. <laughs> <laughs> Over a hundred episodes never ended. Like that. I love this episode. Different points of view and highs and lows A new perspective everywhere you go Open up your mind and drown with the noise Different generations of the girls and boys So sit back and relax, this cat the podcast Don't overreact if the thoughts are abstract When it's hosted by Catholic Doc Dad Who knows what's gonna happen Hey, what's up fam? Different points of view and highs and lows A new perspective everywhere you go Open up your mind and drown with the noise and see if disconnected. What's up, fam? To connect generations and situations about faith, life, and whatever comes along the way. Spec runaway thoughts like a runaway train. Break into conversation like links of a chain. Make a Hail Mary pass. Hope disconnects. Have a question for a guest? Put it to rest. Live a life of holiness. Lead by example. Follow at Catholic.dead and then he tingled. <laughs> Christ leads our way, he's the good shepherd. Pray for one another, be blessed, and be there. Different points of view and highs and lows. A new perspective everywhere you go. Open up your mind and drown with the noise. And see if disconnected. La la la. Me, me, me. La la. Okay, high school musical. He's recording. <coughs> no, we're not. No, we're yeah, not recording. No, we're recording. not. No, that's fake. False. Ready? I already saw. I'm lying to you. I already saw. Three. Two, how does it go?
Take it away. beautiful yeah i think we're good, good job, thanks <clears throat> alexis really was jealous yeah Jelen. come on alexis i'm very
This connected podcast is brought to you by the cabin. Want to get away and get some peace and quiet and rest? Yes, rest, but not too far away from home or the city. Want to experience a true log cabin feel in the mountains? Well, I have the recommendation for you. The cabin is a two-bedroom, one and a half bath that will do just that. With a beautiful wood fireplace lit and a glass of wine, you are sure to relax. With easy access from the main highway, private parking, easy access with stairs to the entrance, fast Wi-Fi, a full-size kitchen, and all the essential amenities will make your stay a memorable experience. This cozy log cabin was built in the early 60s with its original wood fireplace and a newly transformed deck with beautiful views of the San Bernardino Mountains. So, book your stay at the cabin in Running Springs, California. The cabin located in the San Bernardino Mountains, is a beautiful place to see the beauty of God's creation. I have known the proprietor of the cabin for many years. She has always supported the youth and young adult ministries of her community, as well as this podcast. Check out The Cabin on Instagram at thecabin2021. Again, that's at thecabin2021, T-H-E-C-A-B-I-N, 2021.